for everyone and everything, there is a time to die. Welcome to this evening's podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Cue the music. We did just have the music. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's Piece of Candy podcast. We hope this finds you in very good health indeed. Very good health indeed, indeed. Indeed. Uh, I am Alex. And I'm Alex. (laughs) That is Alex is also. Um, And this week we are going to be talking about the newest installment in Garth Nix's Keys it is Keys the Old Kingdom, isn't it? Uh, just Old Kingdom series, oh, I think. Old Kingdom series. Um, Tabriel, which we did do in an earlier podcast. Mm. Go back and have a listen to that if you missed it, because there will be a lot of spoilers, I am sure. Um, th- one thing we didn't do was talk about Clariel, and who knew <laughs> it was the whole, that that whole book was just a prologue for the next book? Who knew? <laughs> Uh, probably Garth Nix knew, mm-hmm. and his publisher knew, knew, and yet no one stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have indeed, well, when was this released? It was released um, a week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it came through the post, and I gave it a thorough good reading. And by Jove, I was so disappointed. Mediocre at best. Mediocre at best. This received a, uh, oh, what is it? Um, a T, possibly, for Troll. And <laughs> then that's more Clariel. T for Troll. I, I'd give it a P for Poor. Uh, yeah. Then this one would definitely have a P for Poor. Um, so I'll give you a brief description of this newest instalment. Spoilers, spoilers, uh, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers! Fuck off now! <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, Lyriel uh, is one of a hit and miss character. She spent a lot of the first, when she was first introduced, she did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of whining and complaining. And to be honest, she did have a lot to be, you know, whining and complaining about. Um, but then Disreputable Dog comes in, kind of says, yeah, shut, shut up. <laughs> um, and they go off on an adventure. Yep. So this book is actually set about six months after um, a portion um, where Lyriel has finally defeated um, Aranis, the destroyer. Uh, so she is no longer a shy second assistant librarian. She is now the Aporson in waiting with dead creatures to battle and free magic entities to bind. Um, but she's also uh, more rarer, a remembrancer. Um, she has the dark mirror and it allows her to see into the past uh, when she is in death. Um, she's also lost one of her hands at the binding of Aranis, but Sam has made her a new hand made of gilded steel and chart magic. It has a soft glow, hence why she is called, well, people are now nicknaming her Golden Hand. Um but then she goes on an adventure, la 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 la. Uh, Liriel finds Nicholas Sayer. Um, we didn't actually talk about creature in the case, did we? 
we touched on it very briefly, I think. Um, okay. But, uh, yes, Creature in the Case is uh, Nick, who was a host for the dreaded destroyer Aranis, um, has been recovering in Ancelstier, and while he was there, um, a creature from the Old Kingdom was uh, set loose. Rule, wasn't it? Rule? Uh, rule, yeah. Cruel. And uh, ravaged, ravaged around a bit, and then uh, it started running north with uh, Nick in hot pursuit. And uh, they are met. It, Nick, and the creature are met by Lyriel when it reaches the wall. And uh, it the... gets defeated by a thistle. Yep. Which is where the two books join up. It's by a flower. Yep. So stupid. What a nerd. Uh, oh, excuse me. Gonna have to bleep right. that. <laughs> bleep. <laughs> God damn it. So yeah, it gets defeated by a um flower. <laughs> um, but she manages to use her power to save him. But something is uh, a little bit funny with him, as he's still deeply tainted with the free magic from Aranis. Um, and she's not sure if it's going to escape the charter mark, basically, which is the distributable dog kind of saved him, gave him a charter mark, kind of trapped all the free magic inside. So he's a little bit of a mix of both. Um, funky things happen when he comes into contact with charter mm-hmm. magic. Um, and so Lyriel decides to take him up to the Claire, do a little bit of research in the library. Um, but then they find that some other things are afoot. Meanwhile, new character. Mean, meanwhile, up in the northern wastes of the Great Rift and no, the step uh-huh. of the steppy step step. Yep. <laughs> uh, we are introduced to a new character called Ferrin. Um, I kind of liked Ferrin. She did give a bit of diversity. Uh, it was good to see a new character as well. Yeah, she was she was spunky and determined. She was spunky and determined, a little bit like Sabriel, um, but less touchy-feely. Yeah. <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> um, but no, she's definitely born with a survival instinct. Uh, she does eventually lose a foot because of her arduous journey through the mountains. And the and, dead. And the dead. We only get... Uh, you know what? We'll come to the the down points in a second. We'll just give you a quick overview of the book first. Um, so she comes down because she has been given a message by Lyriel's wayward mother, who actually went up to the Athask tribe, um, way, way, way far up in the north, gave them a message that she died. Um, the message has now come to Ferrin. She has to take it now to Lyriel. And Lyria is in the Claire Glacier, so Farron has to go to the Glacier. Doesn't quite make it to the Glacier because shit breaks, shit, shit all happens. Sabriel and Touchstone are on holiday. They come back from holiday. <laughs> they take Farron to the Glacier, then get the message, then Lyria and Sabriel are going to death. Um, so they listen to, um, Lyria's mother who says, Oh, hey, Shit's about to happen in about ten days or so. You need to kind of prepare an army for this. Um, sorry I couldn't get the message to you sooner, but hey, you know, I'm a Claire. You know, we don't really give a shit. 
<laughs> we've, and we've all got the flu at the moment, so, you know. Hey, remember that mini-boss from the last book that you forgot to defeat? Well, you got to go defeat her. Yes. <laughs> Pretty fucking much. Because um, apparently, for unknown reasons, she wants to pillage the kingdom. Yeah, we never really hear much of the motivations reasons behind why, yeah, why she wants to do this, but apparently she's amassing people, um, and they're going to burn your village. Yep. So, we all now have to revert, go up to the north, and uh, set up perimeters on this bridge. And uh, Liriel, you have to go up past this place where there is no magic, and there's not even any air. And you have to go kill the body of Claw, and then if you come home alive, then we'll all have a cup of tea and go home and have sex. And then she does it, and that's what they do. And there's no twist at the at the end of the book. Their plans all succeed, and that's it. And everyone's happy. There's no twists. There's no dramatic <laughs> reveals. All their plans that they make just work. Yep. Pretty much. And that's pretty much the book in a nutshell. <laughs> so now let's slowly take this bastard um, apart, piece by fucking piece. The book started off with some premise, some good, some yeah, a decent premise, some some decent kicking off points. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that um, all the dialogue uh, was from uh, when uh, Nick and Lyriel first meet up, was identical to the dialogue from The Creature in the Case. That was good. Um, I, I liked that touch. Uh, only the fact only that it was from Lyriel's perspective um, mm. rather, than, uh, rather than Nick's. And um, I was saying this to you the other day, that um, I get angry when books don't do that and don't follow their own rules. Um, when reading uh, the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child play script um, <laughs> I was irritated that, that I was irritated too the, the dialogue wasn't the dialogue from the end, the of, the end book of the book yeah it was close you know there was there were some lines that were the oh, same oh yeah but there was no mention of um, that was ah oh, that's another thing that, about that book I didn't like about they didn't even mention Lupin and Tonks's son yeah. at all like uh, not even at school not even in the beginning of the book, just nope. Well, he's well, it's he's already left Hogwarts. It's um. Oh, has he? It's Bill and Fleur's daughter. Um, uh, what's her name? That because uh, he's come to see her off on the train. Ah. If you remember. Um. Well, then we didn't hear <laughs> Bill and Fleur's daughter. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, anyway, sorry. Back to uh, back. back to Golden Hand. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it starts off well, and you know, for the first, I'd say at least the first half of the book, I was enjoying it. You know, I oh yeah, it had it had a decent pace, a, a similar pace to um to the other Old Kingdom books. I wouldn't say it's similar um, to Sabriel though, not that pacing. No, not quite. But um, the thing is, it's it it has a s- slower feeling pace. Because of the way the chapters are laid out, which I know is something you were not a fan of. <laughs> Having relatively short chapters that switched um, from one to the other between Lyriel and Theron. 
Um, with, uh, without exception, just, uh, one Lyrial, one Farin, one Lyrial, one Farin. Um, and yeah, I, I, I found it a little bit grating, but apparently not as grating as you found it. Oh, it was so, oh, so frustrating because we had moments of, um, this is why sometimes I don't agree with writing a book in a film. It felt like this book was being written from a film point of view where they can cut scenes. You can't do that with a fucking book. <laughs> the only person who can do that with a book is Jonathan Stroud. And that works because when he flips between in Bartimaeus, again, we've talked about this in the other podcast, go and check out our other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, about the Bartimaeus one, he has about five chapters or so on Bartimaeus and then another few chapters on um, Nathaniel. But he he does it in arches. So he has a little arch for Bartimaeus. Maybe you'll have a little hook at the end and then you'll have another arch for Nathaniel. So it'll be kind of a completed set thing that's happened and then go on to the next one. Unfortunately, as he said, with um, Golden Hand, it is very just, okay, Claret, uh, God, Liriel, Ferrin, Liriel, Ferrin, Liriel, Ferrin. No matter what they're doing, it will, it will just break in the middle of whatever they're doing and skip mm. to, um, the next person. Uh, it didn't work at no. all. Uh, well, for me, it just really, really didn't work. Because you'll have moments when Liriel and Sam are having this teenage attraction, love, angst thing broken with a death chase scene that (laughs) Beren is currently having. And then, oh no, we get back by the river. Oh no, he dropped my cheese. How annoying is that? (laughs) Oh no, no, back to the uh, chase scene. Oh look, someone's fallen off the edge and died. And then we go back. Oh no, my clothes are all falling off. How embarrassing! <laughs> oh no, my oh, no, clothes my... appear to be falling <laughs> off. Ancestry Syrian clothes do not work in the old kingdom. <laughs> and then we go back to Ferrin, and then there's a necromancer who's about to kill them. And oh no! And then we go back to Liriel, and it's like, ugh. But it, it just found it very. Um, pace stagnating. Mm. I will say the one, the one chap, the one chapter that really got me quite a bit was, um, the chapter when, uh, Nick and Lyriel land at the glacier. Uh, they land on the paperwing runway and they get out and, um, they find out that Nick can't go into the glacier. But so little happens in that chapter. And it so easily could have been part of the next chapter. Yeah. That it was especially, you know, irksome. I that that was where I felt it most particularly mm. um, irritating to me. And it's, well, it's, a beard. It's annoying because, you know, he he's done split um, split narratives before in uh, the beginning of Lyriel. Yeah, he had have, a few what, on Lyriel and mm-hmm. a few on Sam. Yes. And a bit, uh, first off, it starts um, with a long, long bit on Lyriel. Mm. Um, most of her sort of starting to grow up and wanting not ha- and not getting the sight and becoming a librarian. And even up to her releasing the Stilken. And only then is Nick introduced. 
and Nick has his long sort of um, his first encounter with the with the dead and Hedge and his schoolmates, and then mm. travelling back, and then it starts to go back from one to the other, but it's not just one chapter, um, and then switching to the other. It's as you said, there 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 are arcs that they go through. Yeah, Com- yeah complete but... usually arcs with maybe a little hook at the end of oh what's going to happen. Yeah. And it makes you want to read the next one even quicker to get back to that one. Yes. So, I think you're right in that you, you could have just shuffled the chapters up a bit and, you know, yeah, so the, just group them together. together. Yeah. More than just doing one and the other, one and the other. It, it just. The bit that frustrated me with, with the whole flipping backwards and forwards was the, um, the kind of intense death chase scene with Ferrin mm. being pursued by the the woodweirds and the necromancers, because um, flipping back from that current scene, I felt like you lost the atmosphere, you lost the momentum, you lost the actual fear build-up, and it was like, well, I don't really kind of care. Mm. Or you just don't get the emotion that you would if it was just one solid of building up, building up, building up, building up. Uh, which I found very, very frustrating. And then, oh, look, this person is just going to run into the necromancer and die. Bye. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yes, because in this book, only three... Did I say three? Mm. One, two... Or is it just two? Two named characters die. And they're very minor characters at that. And they're very minor characters. But saying that, in Sabriel, did any characters die? No, but there were fewer characters. There were far fewer characters in Sabriel, obviously. The the only ones... You only really had Sabriel, Touchstone, and Moggit. And Moggit, you think, dies. And her father dies. Yes. A lot lot of the book is centred around her father being trapped in death. And then and he rescue, dies. And, and then rescuing him, and then him immediately dying <laughs> to uh, to save them, mm. basically. So so yeah, it's 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 more forgivable there. And yes, there is a major character who does die, even if he's um, only major in the mind of the uh, the title character. Mm. And um, and there's a lot of death at the end. A lot of um, a lot of uh, the soldiers. See a lot of the soldiers and the um and her school friend, you know, die. Mm. And even um oh I forget the name of uh there's the general who she talks to at the beginning. Mm. Um hey, hey, or horse. Mm. Or horse, something like that. Hayes. Something like that. Um he uh he he sadly dies. So yeah, in Sa- in Sabriel there's a lot of death. Mm. Um Lyriel, you uh again, Lyriel there's not so many name characters that die, but you do get. Um, there is one of Sam's school friends who dies at the beginning in Hedge's attack. Um, mm. There's uh, the group of uh, Sutherland refugees who they're desperately trying to save um, when Claw's dead are attacking them, and they they manage to defeat all the dead, but they look around them and it's too late. Yeah. All the all, all the poor Sutherlings are dead all around them. Yep. Um, except one who's managed to run to the river, and even he sadly dies because um, he's too afraid to let them heal him. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, in these books where death is a key component. There was a lot of it in the. There, there was there was very very little of it, and um, yeah, there seemed to be far far less jeopardy than the that, other books. Yeah, that's what I was missing from this book. There wasn't that jeopardy aspect. Mm. There was a little bit with the Ferrin bit, but I didn't feel it was jeopardy because of the whole atmosphere breakage, breaking the scene, or however you want to call it. Mm, exactly. I mean. There was no life or death kind of situations. Mm. It was only when, uh, at the end, when the, you know you finally get the message from Lyriel's mother that um, Claw's going to be attacking with his massive sort of host of both the dead and the northern tribes. And so, for well, some reason. For some reason, but it's like sort of, well, what else would the um, culmination of the books have been? Mm. You know, I mean, obviously that's what. That, some, that or some kind of equivalent of that was going to happen. Um, it was a shame. It was a shame not to not to have seen more of the villain's motivations. Yeah. Well, we didn't see anything from Claw. Nothing no. from Claw's point of view. Nothing from well, anything really. Yeah. There's there's a um, a garbled few bits of explanation from Clariel when Lyriel finds her spirit in death. Mm. Um, the the good side of uh, Claw, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just apparently, like, oh, she's greater dead. And after having apparently been content to just sort of roam around, she um, maybe she, she wants it to be revenge because for killing her, which I'm really not too mm. sure of. What? Yeah, it's 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 it it it's weird. See, I don't understand. Maybe maybe you um, know is how she had gone from being a free magic sorceress to being a greater dead. Well, it was so understand that it was because she had never, although her body when she gave up her body, she didn't give up inhabiting bodies, and that's what the offerings, you know, where Ferrin originated mm. from. Um, she was always living in in a human body, but um, and even sort of in uh, in Abhorson and uh, yeah, even even in Abhorson, she was still in a living body when she encountered Nick and Lyriel, and when Moggett scares her off mm. and she flees for her life, um, she's still inhabiting a living body technically. I yeah. believe it's when Sabriel and Lyriel attack her in the prologue to this book, um, that she finally is um, is 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 killed in a sense from the body she was inhabiting, um, and the... cast out into dead without being able to resurrect in a new offering. I'm. <laughs> it maybe. <laughs> I think. I think. Anyway. Yeah, I think so. But it's still again not really made quite clear what the difference is between her and Kerrigore was. Mm. Yes. So, yeah, it's a little bit uh, mis- no miscellaneous. Um, it is weird. Well, I suppose yeah. 
Kerrigore never never had that good side, or seemingly never had that good side of him left in his body. But when his body was found, it was perfectly preserved. Yes, well... (laughs) 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 There'd obviously been advances in evil science. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yes, I, I don't know why... When um when they found Clariel's body, that um they didn't try and give it the uh, the burial rites and burn it. Why Lyriel had to go into death? I mean, perhaps she just felt that with her death sense. But yeah. with with Kerrigore, it wasn't. Sabriel didn't try and go into death with him. They they tried to give the body the rights. Yeah. Well, I just don't think Garthnick was very up to par on this book or the last book. Um, it just wasn't very well thought through, really. Um, I mean, it was nice to see more parts of the old kingdom. Um, I think the characters were mm, kind of, yeah, they're okayly written. I, I, I did, I did like, uh, Nick and Lyriel, if I'm honest. Um, their bits <laughs> together, I did enjoy as, as awkward and fumbling as they were. That's it. It made sense for the two of them, um, and I enjoyed the various misunderstandings they had mm. um, on the way there. And uh, like, oh, look, aren't our cultures different? And, uh, <laughs> oh, look at that! Aren't we uh, awkward? Yes. And then uh, when, and then when they finally do get the chance, suddenly finding it very easy to be between the two of them, and uh, and just. <laughs> <laughs> falling into each other's well, not into each other's arms, more like each other's faces. Uh, All the time, apparently. <laughs> um, it's, I don't think it was very um, well written, true to the characters, because yes, Liriel is more confident, but still at her heart, she's a very shy, unsociable person. And yet there is written... Uh, Literally the next day after their first kiss, um, they're just holding hands in front of the entire Claire and Sabriel and Touchstone. <laughs> and they don't care, apparently. And it's like, what? You guys are like, no. ah. <laughs> well, I think, I, I, <laughs> I think they've had, um, yeah, a lot of, enough time sort of of their unspoken feelings that they've sort of finally when they do realize that uh well well when when nick realizes that 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 lyriel's not looking down on him and when lyriel realizes that sam doesn't find her odd that yeah they just go for it but nope (laughs) too fast oh maybe I don't think, um, no, I just, I think that probably would have happened, but not literally the day after they realised their feeling and they've kissed. It's like, um, no. And then a few days after that, for Lyriel to say, oh, hey, I love you. Well, I think... It's like, what? I think in this, in these books and this world in general, um, there is, there is such jeopardy that main characters like this um, don't waste time on that sort of thing. Um, I mean, uh, Sabriel and Touchstone, as soon as 
pretty much as soon as they do get the chance when they're not in jeopardy, when um, when when the world is saved, they obviously wasted no time. No. And um, and at the time when uh, Sabra, uh, when uh, Lyril and Nick are to get uh, do sort of first start getting all kissy kissy, um, it's before they realise there is danger, um, and things to be getting on with. So, I think <laughs> maybe Abhorsons just just take it when they can get it. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Because <laughs> you know, t- t- tomorrow they, they could be, be swarmed by dead. And die. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, that does make a. Uh, that makes sense. I'm gonna lie. <laughs> that makes sense. But but still, I just think. Mm. Yeah, no. The, the in general, it was a bad book, but. And <laughs> it it had some interesting bits. <coughs> it had. It had some inter- interesting bits of trivia. Um. About the old kingdom. For, yeah, for about the old kingdom and mm. about the characters in general. Like, um, finding out that when, uh, when Sabriel was pregnant, um, with, uh, with her children, that she basically, she was basically confined <laughs> by touchstone to Abhorson's house. Yes. <laughs> she was not allowed out. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> you're staying there and you're having a baby. <laughs> Silly women. Although I will say that's one thing I enjoyed about this book is, um, and I had forgotten about the uh, Old Kingdom books in general, is the uh, that uh, they're they're quite feminist, which is very good. Mm. Um, you know, every every person you come across, whether they're it's a, they're in a position of power or not. Um, mm. You know, you, you've no idea. Flip a coin, whether it uh, is a man or a woman, which um, which I like. Mm. Uh, it's very it's very reassuring to see that kind of thing. Um, I think uh, for me it was um, first when uh, when Ferrin comes to the bridge, yeah, trying to cross. Um, there's a scout who tries to who or I forget what his sort of rank is. Who tries to um, shoot her? Yeah, shoot her accidentally. Um, And then there's his um, commanding officer. I forget her rank as well. But Um, sergeant. Yeah, yeah. His his sergeant. Yeah. It's not immediately mentioned what what the sergeant's gender is. No, it isn't. And my mind automatically went, Ah, sergeant, it will be a man. (laughs) (laughs) And then wait, she. What? What is this black magic? <laughs> she is a sergeant. Um, yeah, so I, that, that's one of the things I really like about the Old Kingdom books, and it, um, yeah, it's carried on. The tradition is carried on well in this book. No, def- definitely. Um, he does write very strong female characters, and all the character main characters mm. are female. Yeah. In this, other than Touchstone, Sam, and, um, Nick. Yeah. Which is only three, and the rest of them, what, you got Sabriel, Liriel, Ferrin, yeah. um, yeah. Claire, Claw. We um, do get a few bits from Nick's perspective in the Liriel chapters. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing I like about Garth Nick's as well, is he's, he's quite fluid at moving between different people's perspectives. Sort of within the same scene. 
Yeah. Um, and they just found it a little bit annoying, but it was a very smooth transition. Yeah. I'll give them that. You, um, yeah, you, you can start one paragraph, uh, start the next paragraph so can suddenly be from another person's perspective, but it's, your focus is drawn to that person. You're almost always drawn to that person before it switches perspective, mm. which which is quite cleverly done. I think that's one of the things I um, don't didn't quite appreciate when um, uh, when reading um, Lyriel and Abhorson, um the switching between Lyriel and Sam. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that that uh, that I thought was good. But still, yes, the main perspective is is from Lyriel, and <laughs> yeah. to a lesser extent, Farron. Pretty much, I'd say, yeah, definitely, those two are the um, the main. Um, what's the main character name? Pro protagonist. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there is a bit. There is a bit of Sam at the end, of course, in in the tower. Oh yes, you know what Sam's main role in this was was to look at the really, really probably awesome battle that was happening. Um, <laughs> but we got to see it through a telescope that was held by Sam. Um, yeah. Yes. Here's an amazing <laughs> battle. You, character, stop and watch it and describe it for the audience. Didn't he even do that? <laughs> yeah, not really. Um, <sighs> I, I, I guess he shot a couple of arrows. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh, that actually reminds me. Um, I preferred reading Ferrin from Ferrin's point of view. I hated mm. it when it was written, when she was written from somebody else's point of view, because she sounded like a completely different character. Yeah. Um, yes. Whereas before, when it was from Ferrin's point of view, she spoke like a normal person. Mm. But then all of a sudden, when she's being written from Sam's point of view, for example, she sounds like a fucking caveman. <laughs> like her sentences are like missing words. And it's like, what? Well, she I was think... speaking fine earlier. Well, I think she I think her, some of her sentences were missing words and things in her earlier chapters. But the oh, fact yeah. was, because it was from her perspective, all the thoughts inside her head weren't. Um, yeah. So it's it was less noticeable because you know while when she didn't she wasn't the most talkative of people. No. Um, but yeah, when she, when she was talking to people, it was it was quite brief and to the point. But her, you we saw her inner thoughts and her inner sort of complex thinking, and that was quite detailed. And um, obviously, as it was in a thought and not dialogue, perfectly mm. clear to to the reader. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I need to get. I need to go back and have a <laughs> and reread it. But um, I won't be doing that anytime soon. No, I fear I won't be either. <laughs> if at all, might sell it. I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, um, no, I, you know, I, I liked the kind of romance aspect that he brought into it. Mm. Um, I mean, he did bring that in in Sabriel, with a little bit between you know Sabriel and Touchstone, um, and even again in Lyriel, but a little bit between Lyriel and Sam. Obviously, he didn't know they're related, um, and towards the end, a bit a little bit again towards Lyriel and Nick. But yeah. I think in this particular story, um, it focuses too much on it. 
I mean, I would have liked it, but more as um, a sea story, if that makes sense. I, I do know what you mean. Um, like I... The main story should have been, you know, the battle against Claw. And yes. then a little bit of the understory, the sea story, maybe, is mm. there kind of little yes. love thing I, happening. I agree that, yes, that, that that's what should have been cut from the book in order to make way for more plot. Yes. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I did enjoy it because, because I think I just liked seeing the characters happy. I really did. I genuinely was, was delighted that sort of to see Lyriel come back to the glacier and be in power. Yeah. And sort of, <laughs> and tell, telling her aunt to shut up. Um, and, and yes, and being happy and sort of getting all kissy with the boy she liked. Um, <laughs> and, and I was happy from, for Nick from the other perspective. Um, I always enjoy, I always particularly enjoyed, um, um, uh, uh, Tim Curry, um, oh, yes, reading, reading them, <laughs> reading the characters, but um, he he did a very good job of um, characterizing Nick, or, or bringing sort of life to um, to Nick's dialogue, um, yeah. with and fleshing him out quite a lot without that many scenes of Nick. No, yeah. Um, and he, uh, you know, he he brought about that. Um, that sort of upper class, upper class, yeah, but genuinely, yeah. but but still genuinely nice person, um, yeah. very well, um, in uh, in the voice that he gave him, and I found that sort of that spoke out sort of well, all, all of the voices <laughs> that Tim Curry gave the characters spoke out very, very clearly, very well, and uh, and 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 I have checked that uh, Tim Curry hasn't done the audiobook for this one either. Um, I think, uh, sadly, I think uh, Mr. Curry may be uh, fairly permanently retired. Um, mm -hmm. I know, tragic. It's very sad. Sad, but you know, we. <laughs> it's it, sometimes it's always nice to see actors like that getting to retire without having to do, um, without having to do things like John Cleese mm. endlessly having to take on gigs and acting jobs to pay off his ex-wife. <laughs> um, who um who, yeah. who who demanded a ridiculous amount and meant that for the last sort of five or ten years um he's had to keep appearing in films and voiceovers and everything you can make imagine money just to make enough money to pay her back well not even to pay her back to pay her the money she feels she's owed um so uh, women yeah so, so in, <laughs> I know bloody women. Bloody so, women. So in that way, I, I'm, you know, it, you know, in in my mind, I'm glad Tim Curry's been able to retire. <laughs> yes, no, definitely. Um, but then again, I, you know, I don't know anything about his personal life, so there could be any reason he's, uh, he's. Um, well, he did have a stroke a few years ago. Oh, did he? Oh, dear. Well, that's a shame. Well, perhaps that's the reason, then. Um, I think that is partly the main reason, because he had a stroke, and he's in um, a wheelchair. Oh, what a shame. Like, permanently. Oh, why? Well, uh... Possibly permanently, but... Thanks for bursting the bubble, Alex. <laughs> I thought you knew! <laughs> no, I didn't know. <laughs> no, yeah, he had a stroke a few years ago, um, 
Uh, half his pe- face is paralysed now. So oh, again, dude. probably one of the main reasons why he doesn't do the voiceovers. Oh, what a shame. Yeah, oh, well. one of the greats. Oh well. <laughs> um. But yes. Uh, blah, 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 Golden Hand. Uh, Were there any bits you particularly enjoyed? Well, I guess like you, the um, I like the little facts, little backstories. Mm. Um, I did like the exploration, you know, with the step and the Great Rift. But unfortunately, what I found most uh, frustrating about this book was the lack of description when we needed it most. Um, because they pretty much did a three-day trek across this massive great rift tear in the land. Um, and we go from one chapter of being, they're walking down, and the next chapter is, okay, we're climbing back up again. Mm. Uh, exactly, it's like, the thing, we, we, mm. never, we, ne- we never find out what the climate of the steps is. I mean, yeah. the, the story's happening in winter. But, you know, we, we sort of almost want to assume, you know, it's far north. Does that mean it's cold? Is there but, snow? But, yeah. you know, this is a magical world. Um, and, you know, and it's being written by an Australian, so. So. Does it get hot? Are they going up to the equator? We don't know. Um, we are, with the book, we don't get enough description of some things and too much of others. So I have a lovely descriptive image of what the Abhorson's bedroom looks like in the Claire's <laughs> glacier, mm. but nothing about this supposed epic. Like, you know, we're talking about tens of thousands of army on one side and a few hundred on the other. This epic battle with Sabriel and Touchstone leading this army. Mm. And we watch it through a fucking telescope. <laughs> ah! <laughs> but no, some would some but... would say that's the most useful thing for watching a battle. But I know that the <laughs> Abhorsen's bed has eight fucking bedposts. <laughs> it now has a um a shelf to store your bell bandolier on. <laughs> I wondered with the the eight bedposts. Does that mean that the bed the bed is octagonal? I did think that first, or... but I think it's um two posts are doubled up on each corner. Mm. Um but but yeah it's uh Um and with the pacing uh mm. I mentioned this to this to this um this to you before. Mm. I d I don't really like the pacing of this book. I mean yes, up to a certain point, the first half is okay, if not quite slow and then the second half slash quarter it's way too fast um because i got to about two-thirds of the way in um and it's just about when they realized you know okay there's actual danger we should probably do something um and they start preparing for this and i'm looking at this book and it's like well there's about 50 or so pages left Maybe this is going to be like, you know, another two-parter, like the original Lyriel, mm. possibly even another trilogy. Um, so I carry on reading and then, oh, no, no. Okay, right. So they've just solved all of their problems and that's the end of the book. Yep. Yep. All the plans worked <laughs> out and they all went home for sex. <laughs> they all went home for fucking sex. 
Uh, Sam didn't even go home for sex. Sam just got <laughs> raped by Ferrin, by Mountain Girl. Yep. <laughs> I like the fact that sort of um, there was one line um, when he first meets Ferrin, um, where he sort of sort of has at first sort of writes her off as Mountain Girl, and then sort of goes, "Oh, I guess she she looks all right." And then it's just assumed by sort of <laughs> by Garth Nix himself and <laughs> by all the other characters that yep, <laughs> I guess they're gonna get together now. Yeah, literally, it's like it was described. <laughs> she was looking him up and down for his usefulness as yeah. either a charter magic or for something else. <laughs> and then he kind of looks at her and turns around and sucks his gut in, sucks his stomach in, and continues yeah. talking. And it's like. Okay. Hey. Looks him up and down and says, oh, he'd be a good brood, sire. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things I always forget um, in the the description of Sam is I always forget that he's quite tall and yeah. um, quite well yep. built. You know, his character, um, somehow I always start imagining him as um quite a young boy and quite sort of smallish almost not that small same but then you forget no he's he's meant to be well over six foot Mm. or over six foot um you know tall and striking and handsome oh yeah Um, yeah. uh, oh (laughs) brood sire Uh, brood sire (laughs) brood me a sire um but uh, yeah, well, you know, good, good for Ferrin, oh, I guess. Oh, really? It's yeah. yeah. And just at the end, she kind of sits next to him and says, "Oh, well, I'm good at this kind of stuff." <laughs> and it ends. Yep. She gets to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I see, it's, it's quite difficult to describe. But I really feel this book just lacked in substance. And mm. grandeur of the previous books. Yeah. Um, it did feel rushed. The character interactions and the descriptions and story. Um, some of the sentences I didn't quite understand either. They were just really weirdly written and I had to reread them a couple of times to understand what Nix was trying to say. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just felt it was really rushed through. Yeah. I... Yeah, it does feel like that. The the threat is sort of suddenly suddenly jumbled together yeah. right at the end. I mean, mm. I think there's no build you know, up. Yeah, well, you do have sort of Farron Farron's description of sort of what it what it was like growing up and her being raised as an offering to the uh, to the witch with no face or whatever it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's still no there's no impending dread of this is what she's going to do or this is what you know happened you know with Kerrigore it was sort of oh discovering you know slowly discovering this kingdom is in ruins mm. um and it's all the fault of this this guy who's been you know all up horses for years and years of pushed back into death again and again and now he's suddenly burst out and it's all gonna it's all gonna go south from here um and then uh and then in in Lyrial and Abhorsen, it's done very well with um, you know, there's there's a complex and detailed plot going on um, from the bad guys, and you find out little by little, sort of more and more of what's happening, and then yeah. 
and then finally um you you know you hear the the name of Aranis at the end of um the first book and um and finally when after Lyriel meets Nick it's it's suddenly discovered what the ultimate plan is to bring back this destroyer character yeah all sort of um wreck the world and destroy it well that's sorry to <laughs> jump backwards that's one thing i did like about this um this book that it almost confirms that that uh, the old kingdom and Anselstier, this magical world it's it's not a planet almost what? um well, the fact that um, that uh, I don't, you know, I'd always imagined that uh, that you know, Uranus and the well, the nine bright shiners mm. were sort of grand mystical beings who travelled through space. Mm. Now I'm not so sure because um, Sabriel says that I think this uh, the the beyond to the north of the Great Rift was a world that Uranus destroyed. Yeah. And I thought, oh well, you know, if if they weren't travelling through space space to destroy planets, then what is this world? How does it work? Is it even a planet? And I'm not mm. sure that it is a planet anymore. Um, although you know, I I think it's you know a universe with a totally different setup to our own. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so there's the there isn't space and planet space and worlds in the way that we would think of them. No, um, no, no, it's definitely a different. Like, I mean, I did like that kind of little description of oh, okay, this is possibly you know Uranus is uh, we actually see the destruction mm. that has been left by Uranus. Um, but did you feel because there was a moment um, where Sabriel was describing the steps that she spent some time up there. I mm. kind of got a little bit of an inkling that we're going to get another prequel of possibly Sabriel Adventures. That could be fun. Yeah, that that would be... Um, I, I don't think that was necessarily foreshadowing a book, but I would very much like that to be a book. <laughs> no, it was just kind of she wistfully looked into the um, distance or something like that and remembered the time... She spent spent up there, and mm. I just felt for some reason that um, Nix is going to release a uh, a prequel thing where we could find out some of Sabriel's old adventures and what she actually got up to, which I think would be actually really nice. That would be interesting. Um, obviously, we know she survived, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I just thought this could have done with a lot better setup. I mean, the beginning of the book, fine. The, the bad guy, yeah, okay, that's fine. But it, I think the more focus should have been on the whole Nick Lyriel dynamic. And a little bit similar, I guess, to Sabriel, the way Sabriel had that with Touchstone and just their adventures, encounters with dead, free magic, creatures, whatever. Um... It just wasn't that sense, like you said, of danger or jeopardy. It was just, okay, this is happening. Eh, let's go sort it out. Oh, look, our plans have worked. Um, yes. Let's with, all go home happy. With Nick and Lyriel. I think we should be more focused on their adventure. Mm. With with Nick and Lyriel, it, um, it felt like sort of 
it felt far more like a sort of here's what happened after the happily ever after. You know, when often, you know, I find, you know, you read a fantasy book and they overcome the great obstacle at the end. Mm. But there's only sort of one brief chapter that's sort of to say, well, look, and here's what they did, and, you know, and they lived together and had seven sons. And the, <laughs> um, this felt, this felt more like the sort of, oh, and here's, here's a long description of sort of what they did afterwards. Sort of, not that it necessarily cum- culminates in, you know, another battle or mm. another sort of strife. It's just a sort of, oh, and here's some, here's some of their day to day life things that went on afterwards. Mm. Um, I wouldn't quite describe it as happily ever after because technically they're not really together. No, no, no. I, I, I don't, nece- I don't necessarily mean, <laughs> oh. I don't necessarily mean sort of specifically happy ever after, but it's just sort of, was purely sort of here is just more of the characters mm. not necessarily doing anything in particular but here is here is more of them um, if that makes sense but, yeah kind of yeah. <laughs> oh well, never mind oh, I just found it all very yeah. disappointing lackluster yeah. as we said mm. average at <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm afraid, as it's such a new book, um, there's uh, the the there isn't going to be any quiz and trivia this week. But if you would like, say, would you if, like to? <laughs> if you if you'd like some quiz and trivia, you can go back and listen to our uh, Old Kingdom series podcast um, <laughs> and listen to the quiz and trivia at the end of that. Yes, we do advise that. Go listen to our other podcasts, and where can they uh, find them? They can find them on uh, iTunes by searching for Piece of Candy Podcast or on our website, Piece of Candy Podcast. WordPress.com. And uh, there you can so. leave us comments and uh, let us know what you thought and what yeah. you'd like to us to review next. Review in the future, exactly. Um, so, what would you give this a rating out of? Let's do the ratings. Oh, yes. Um, hmm. I am going to give it 25 pieces of candy out of 42. Oh, my, 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 my. Mm. Uh, yeah, usually my scores are in the 30s. Uh, you know, it's 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 more than half. Um, yeah, yeah. Because, so, you know, <laughs> it's a readable book. Um, and, yes. <laughs> and as rushed as the ending is, it does have an ending. Um, and it is more of characters that I like and enjoy in the as I've said, there are some bits I did enjoy just purely for for the characters' interactions, mm. even if it wasn't necessarily leading up to anything no. um, or any jeopardy. But uh, but at the same time, yeah, it, the pacing was very very bad and um, weird, <laughs> very weird, and and the ending was very rushed, and you know, it felt and yeah. It was just popping in. Some characters were popping in just for a page or two, just to say, "Oh, look, it's that character," and then they were gone. <laughs> and then bye. So, yeah. <sighs> so overall, readable but not great. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty good description of it all. So, I guess I'm going to give this. 20... You know what, I'm going to give it, yeah, I'm going to give it 23 as well. 
Did you say 23? I said 25. Okay. Well, I'm going to give this 25 as well. (laughs) (laughs) Conformist. Shut up. Uh, I'm going to give this 25 as well. Um... I mean, yeah, I think it does deserve over half of our score. Um, it's, a, yeah, it's a book. It's in the series. I feel it is more for a reference point of view more than an actual story leading anywhere. Um, I mean, I, I feel it is a little bit too neat and tidy. Just everything was perfect. It all went to plan. Um... I don't know, I think maybe my hopes was way too high for this. There was so much expectation. Because um, when I can't remember when our portion was published, but it must have been early 2000s when that was published. So we were, fans have been waiting for this book for about 10 years. And I don't know, like I say, maybe my, my hopes were too high and it, I was just thoroughly disappointed um, by what I was given. So, 25 it is for Golden Hand. But hopefully we'll, we shall get some more. But I don't know if I do want more because I don't want to be disappointed just again and again and again with this <laughs> this fantastic series, which I feel he is butchering um, to pieces now. Um, you might just have to just stop writing and write something else. Well, so yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Oh yes, thank you for listening to us whine <laughs> and complain. Um, been a bit of a, another negative podcast, but we can't like everything, so we like to mix it around a bit. Who knows? Perhaps the next week will be something we both thoroughly enjoy. Probably, it usually is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe we like too many things. Maybe. We're just too accepting. <laughs> too accepting. But yes, thank you for listening. Leave us some com- comments, give us some feedback, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>